if i'm like good day <laughs> no i think that's great <laughs> good day mate put a shrimp on the baby it's time to listen <laughs> i'm actually south african what i don't even know how would how would i say it in a south african way <laughs> i should know but i've been uh, in australia since i was uh what 10 so good day Throw a South African shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Welcome, everyone. Hey, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> Hello. Welcome to LMNOP, the podcast about the best show on television, Psych. Elementary. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> oh, I definitely said Elementary. You know, that show about a quick said- detective. <laughs> He's real smart. Yeah. He has an assistant who's, I mean, a, he has a helper who's cool. Yeah, very cool. And is really the brains behind the operation. <laughs> and she's played by Lucy Liu. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's a good show. I actually do love Psych, I have to say. It's one of my, like, probably top three. But Elementary definitely beats it. <laughs> you don't have to say that, just so you know. I'm glad that you did, but... Oh, no, but it does. Like, the only reason I found this podcast was because I was so obsessed with elementary. (laughs) I'm so delighted. I'm happy to have another person on who actually, like, watches elementary. I mean, because I do love introducing people to elementary, but it's also nice to have it the other way around. Exactly. It's nice to have, you know, normally I'm the one introducing, so it's nice to have somebody else who's the introducer. (laughs) Oh, my God. Speaking of introducing, we haven't introduced ourselves yet. Oh, right. (laughs) I'm Val Flight Cub, aka the sound of the master spills. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and with me today is uh, a new newcomer to the podcasting arena, someone who isn't even from the HKIP Discord, which is where a lot of my listeners right. come from. <laughs> we have Eris. Yes, I'm Eris. I'm Sherman the Rat's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> and he appreciates companionship. He was so cute. Like a, the tiny mention at the beginning of the episode, but he deserves a role. Mm-hmm. He earned it. Yes. So uh, we're watching, we watched season two, episode 18, The Hound of the Cancer Cells, which is so loosely based on The Hound of the Baskervilles that they made a completely different episode b- actually based on oh, The Hound really? of the Baskervilles later in season four. They just wanted the cool name because Hound of the Cancer Cells is great. They did. They did just want the name. What did you think of this episode? I mean, you've seen it. Uh, I really like it. Um, It's probably not my favorite of season two, but because I haven't watched it as many times as I've seen some of the others, it was actually really nice to rewatch. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Oh, uh, and I'll talk about it at the end because it happens right at the end of the episode, but good. (laughs) I think I probably know what stuff happens at the end of the episode (laughs) that you like. Um, Yeah. Do you, um, how how do you feel about uh, Shirkus, (laughs) Bell Lock? Yes, absolutely. hundred (laughs) percent. They're in love and they're meant to be. Mm, They are. (laughs) 
But you definitely know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, of course. Yeah, this episode's great. It's got a lot of Belle in it. The last two episodes had like almost none. So yeah, which makes sense, I guess, because he was recovering, but still good to have more. Exactly. Yeah. So the episode starts off um, with a a jiggly paint mixer that's on Marcus's desk. And um, Joan is there. She reads a, a note that's on the paint mixer that says like, now that you're back in the field, who's going to mix all of our paint? Like, alluding to the <laughs> like the tremor that he had in his hand. Um, yeah. She's like, that's of questionable taste. And I was like, agreed. Um, but it's funny. It's definitely their kind of humor. It's almost like you'd know she's been spending too much time around Shella. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Bill is like, hey, they can make whatever jokes they want. I'm so glad I passed my test. So he's back, back in the field. And he invites... Joan and Sherlock to his like welcome back to the field party. The the way that this is introduced is she's like you didn't call me down here just to see this card or something. Uh and he's yeah. he's like actually I was hoping to catch you and Holmes. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I bet you did. I bet you were hoping that Holmes would be here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I just love the way he always brings them up. Yes. Yes. It's like it's it's so nice also that they're such a team, you know, Sherlock and Joan. Yeah. Like, they expect to get both yes, of them. Yes, they're the Wonder Twins. I do love that. Yeah, and I also think it's, like, it's funny because Belle's relationship to Joan is essentially the same as his relationship to, to Sherlock because they're both consulting detectives that help out. You know, he sees them approximately the same amount of time, but, like, he yeah. and Joan are so much more friendly and, like, normal, and then him and Sherlock are like, um, uh, yeah, uh, detecting. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> it, it's so funny, like the way, like they both try and talk to each other, but it's like there's this just like slight fundamental disconnect in the way they mm-hmm. talk, even though they both really respect each other, which is, you know, rare for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm very glad he's back. Oh, me too. I think any episode is only improved with Marcus. Mwah. That's the my kissing my hand sound for Marcus being in the episode. Chef's kiss, Chef's absolutely. Kiss is the normal way to say what I just tried to say. <laughs> so Belle uh, says that not only just to invite them to the party, but he also wanted to get Joan's help with finding um, this girl, Nicole Watkins, who's an 18-year-old, and she was a witness to a, a gang killing. And she was set to testify, but she's got cold feet, so she's backing out, and they can't find her. So Joan is like, yeah, I'll look into it for you. Very yeah. helpful. And then we get the the death scene. Yeah. So this is, first of all, this is where we see Sherman. It's a guy comes into the science lab and, you know, there's a little, one little mouse. Yeah. He's like, hey, Sherman, did you miss me? Yeah. And then he goes into the shower and somebody, like, tapes off the bottom of the shower and, like, pipes in these, like, tubes under the, the door. And he's dying from helium inhalation. And I... I found this scene to be very weird because... Yes, because you want to laugh because when he starts talking... Right, like, is it supposed to be funny? Because it's like, oh, haha, he's he's doing Mickey Mouse voice, but it's like... Literally. And then they chose, like, they were like, oh, no, it's too funny. We have to make him say the saddest thing possible. Seriously? Yeah, he's like, Mickey Mouse voice, please, I don't want to die. Like, what is the react? What are we supposed to... Literally. <laughs> Who wrote How that? How am I supposed to feel about that? <laughs> like Literally in, crazy. In funny voice. Yeah. 
like it makes sense like I also would say that and obviously he's a scientist so he knows exactly what's happening but like yeah. man I can't imagine yeah because he knows there must be somebody right on the other side of the door anyway. yeah yeah so very strange um and then we get the short intro which th- I've, there's been a lot of short intro these past few weeks and I'm I'm pissed yeah I feel like season two is especially bad yeah. at it Luckily, you have seen the Rube Goldberg machine in other, in your other viewings. Yeah, because it's very cool. It's one of the few um, uh, openings that I never skip over. Nice. I I'm trying to think if I ever skip over it, but first of all, no, I don't. But second of all, it's hard to know because you like the past you know month and a half, it's just been one second. Yeah, it's just been the short ones. Yeah, five seconds yeah. of it. But then we go to the science lab. Captain, you know, he's around death a lot, so he's got a. He's got to bring the humor where he can. <laughs> he introduces this guy as um, Barry Granger, PhD, MD, DOA. But um, <laughs> it's classic cop humor. I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's died of an apparent helium suicide because he is uh, no longer in the shower. He's fully dressed, sitting at his desk with a. a plastic bag over his head and like a tube running into the um the bag and there's a note that says um something something it's all true i can't live with it anymore or something like that yeah and um and sherlock is like well it looks like he committed suicide but we wouldn't be here if that <laughs> was true yeah i love it he's he's has no patience for like prevaricating you know he's like well you called us so obviously you think there's something wrong so tell us what it is so i can get back to my life (laughs) right right and uh yeah captain i i like when they show the the police characters like not just being like complete dopes because oh absolutely yeah captain noticed that you know the shower is wet he's got these running clothes that he changed out of he's like why would this guy like take a shower immediately before killing himself like yeah it shows that he has what good instincts and also you know that he does his due diligence yeah so then sherlock looks at the doorway to the shower and he sees some some sticky residue and some little spots where it doesn't where it's not sticky so he's like somebody put tape here and maybe something else and then he he says i need something powdery that won't kill us surprise me (laughs) I know it's funny I cracked up at that line especially because she just runs to do it yeah. I like I love the way that he just assumes that she will know exactly like what to get which of course she mm-hmm. would you know I don't think it's that hard but it's still cool that he just assumed she would yeah know. yeah she was a doctor the putting the powder down shows the spots where the tubes must have been inserted and he like matches the tube to the the spot anyway yeah, and counts in French for some reason. Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You need three times as many tubes. Yes. Yeah, it ha- you know. And French is the only way to kill somebody with helium. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's the Frenchman's death. Everyone knows that. <laughs> uh, it's like the classic French guy with this striped shirt, and he's smoking a cigarette, but instead of a cigarette, it's a tube. Helium <laughs> tube. <laughs> so they confirm what captain thought you know this guy's suicide was staged and then joan asks this other researcher that's there what is the suicide note like mean like what's all true yeah and the guy is like um 
I don't, I don't know that I can tell you anything, so sorry. <laughs> I know, they, it's, it happens so often that they're so scared of, like, being breaking the non-disclosure agreement. Mm. I'm like, why don't they put in those things that makes people so scared to break them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I think you, I mean, you just, what, you just have to pay or something. I mean. You, yeah, that's what I assume. I guess you can get sued, but yeah. like, like a guy's dead, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the, but I guess, the part that always gets me is they're like, I know you're trying to find a murderer, but. Ooh. I don't want to get sued. Right, I'll get in trouble. <laughs> I'm not dead, you know, I could still get in trouble. I think it's like, uh, like companies are just so like, they don't care at all. Like they would still sue somebody, even if they were helping in a murder investigation. Yes, yes, exactly. Like first step, post the dead guy's job listing online. <laughs> yeah. second, second step, sue all the people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Disrespectful. So speaking of disrespectful, we then go to the, the office of the CEO or like whoever, you know, like the main guy from... The company, the company yeah. that had him sign the NDA. That's how they track. That's how they get to him. Yeah. Next. Yeah. And he's like, he basically says, like, of course, I'm upset. This is going to really hurt my bottom line. <laughs> like, no, I know. I love, and Joan being like, uh, I'd say Barry Granger had a crazier one. Like when he was like, I've had a bad day or thing, you know, yeah. and she's like, well, she just doesn't have any patience for, for guys like dithering around or worrying more about themselves. She's just like, um, hello. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. Like you, you'll survive this. Gary did not. Literally. And she's so casual about it too. I just, I love her. She's the best. Me too. Me too. So the reason that he's bummed um, that Gary is dead is not because Gary is a human being, but because he, he <laughs> was researching this device that gives us our title, which was The Hound. And it's this little uh, breathalyzer that detects if you have cancer on your breath. So if you've eaten cancer that day, uh, it shows up in the breathalyzer. Um, no, <laughs> apparently cancer cells give off different gases and like dogs can smell it on their owners. So that's why the machine is called The Hound and... Yeah, that's true, though, right? Like, I think I was reading about this, like this glass thing that has bees in it that you like breathe into it and the bees will go into a certain chamber if you have like cancer. Yes, I have heard of that. Wow. So like, it's a legitimate thing. It's wild that they didn't include that. I mean, like, I feel like that's something Sherlock, Mm. if he found out about would be like, I'm going to train my bees. Super obsessed with, right? Yeah, literally. I think maybe it was before that came out. I don't think it's super... Uh, recent stuff but i don't know maybe they just didn't look into it well the the book's not the story's not called the bees of baskerville (laughs) true (laughs) (laughs) the hound of basker bees uh (laughs) that'd be great (laughs) (laughs) would it any sherlock and bees content is great though like let's be honest i love it yes basically the ceo is like gary was researching the hound and his research was saying Hound, good. It works. And then somebody wrote in to, uh, wrote an article in a, a scientific paper saying, like, this is falsified. These results are fake. And so now Barry, like, killing himself with a note saying, like, yeah, it was all fake is like, he's like, nobody will invest now. Yeah, like, really, really upset about yeah. it. But then Sherlock is like, wait a minute. This guy's really upset. Like, did you did you kill this guy because he faked his results and that is tanking your company? And uh, the CEO is like, no, thank you for asking. 
<laughs> Literally. <laughs> and he goes on like, oh no, Barrier's great. He's worth more to be alive. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Again, the same way that like these capitalist guys think of things. Like, not yeah. like I would never kill a person. Like, not that it would be great because he was my friend. It was, no, my company would be better if he was alive. Right, right, exactly. He closes the door when they ask him what his alibi is because he says he was with his girlfriend, but he's in the middle of a divorce. And basically, like, you can't... The the wife didn't know, or, like, they've been dating longer than... This is something... So, this is kind of random, but what is this podcast if not tangents? Um... Right. I did this thing for Harvard Law where you they hire actors to play people divorcing each other. Ooh, that's so cool. Yeah, the like the students, you know, negotiate the divorce for you and everything. And I learned th- through that that um even if you're like separated, it's like even if you're in the process of br- like breaking up and getting divorced, it still counts as like cheating if you start dating someone before you're divorced. Wow, interesting. Yeah. I wonder if that's everywhere or if it's just America. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to find out. How did you get into that, The um, being an actor? Yeah, uh, I I think one of my actor friends, so I do like acting on the side and uh, there's like oh, cool. websites where they post um, audition notices and stuff. I think that one was like my friend had done it and she was like, you get $100 or whatever. Oh, nice. Yeah, friends recommending you for jobs is the best thing. I did, um, like, three days as, like, a host at the Melbourne Convention Center when mm-hmm. they were doing their big thing, and you basically just point out where people need to go <laughs> um, because a friend was like, I did this, and it's great money for the just a weekend of work. And it was, and I met some nice people, which is always great. Nice, nice. People came up to you, and they were like, I like your pointing. <laughs> well, I was with people who would help me point to the right direction. Oh, I see. So. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you could double point together. That yeah. is cool. Yeah. It was in like the middle of the day, though, so I can't like get to it anymore. Yeah. Anyway, so now they go to the police station and they're trying to work out, you know, what all's going on. And Joan is like, hey, Sherlock, Belle invited us to this and Sherlock is like, so Adam Pierre, it turns out he does this a lot. <laughs> like, Yeah, it cuts her straight off. Mm-hmm. So, he, yeah, so apparently Adam Pierre is like a tipster guy. The guy who said that the murder victim faked his results. So he'll, he writes letters to a bunch of scientific um, news, magas, journals. I think scientific journals. Yes. yes. It's always fun seeing them in the police station, I Really? Yeah, I actually do. I like seeing them in the police station because it's like, it's nice to see that they have, um, you know, just sort of camaraderie with the thing. Like, that's partly their space. I wonder if they have, like, a specific meeting room that people just know is Joan and Sherlock's Oh, that's true. They are in that one room a lot. The, like, more casual interview room. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought of it that way, but that is true. Like, they're not just completely, like, on their own. Yeah, they're like, they're part of the yeah. team. They're, you know, detached, but part of the yeah. team. I mean, this whole episode is examining that whole, that relationship. Sort yeah, of. for I sure. I mean, not the whole episode, but parts of it. Yeah. And also, Joan and Sherlock do a lot of, like, separate work in this episode, but always checking in with each other, which is nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Communication, very important in a partnership. Makes a strong relationship. <laughs> exactly. So, Adam Pierre 
is a tipster who writes into a lot of scientific journals. Sherlock is trying to figure out who who he is, but they it's a pseudonym and he hasn't pinned it down yet of like who this guy is. And then he also points out there's some security cameras like not in the lab, but in the same building or area or something. And yeah. Barry Granger had had argued with this mysterious woman like a week before he died or something like that. Or a couple of days. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Very suspicious. Very suspicious. Joan is like, wow, she looks heated. Because arguments are usually very calm, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're laying out your points and then refuting their points. Yeah, you know, bringing out your PowerPoint presentation to back up your point. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They identify this woman as Dalit Zirin. And they find her, they track her down at her, her work, which is a travel agency. And this is like immediately suspicious because travel agencies don't exist. Right? Like, do they? <laughs> I mean, I never see them right. anymore. Or if they do, they have like a sign out the front that says, uh, you know, not a business, come back next year. <laughs> right, right. Every year they have that sign. I mean, like, this is like when you go to a meeting and you're like, this could have been an email. This whole building could have been a website and in fact is because that's how people book flights nowadays. Yeah, so Sherlock looks around and he sees like a super locked door with a security camera above the doorway and everyone is like really nervously typing uh, at their little travel agency desks. She explains (laughs) that she knew Barry in college and he liked her, but she didn't like him back. And then what is he? He tracked her down out of college. Do you remember the story she tells at the travel agency? No, I, I was too focused on like how quickly Sherlock got yeah, out of it. Yeah, it turns out to not even be true anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, because he's like, yeah, he's like, well, something, something, girl rejects boy. <laughs> yeah, boy tracks her down later. Mm-hmm. Like that's not. It's normal and it's good. We like when men do that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Sherlock is like, cool. Well, thank you for your time. Goodbye. And um, they walk out of the travel agency and Joan is like, well, that was weird. That was not a travel agency. What is that? So I like I like when Joan notices stuff that Sherlock notices because it is it, they were being very weird. So like she would notice that. Yeah, it's great. And especially like as she's getting like better and better at this, like she's been doing it for a while, but it's it's great to see her pick up on more and more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. This is where Sherlock is like, yeah, I, I, I don't, there's definitely something hinky going on. I would normally want to confirm that I'm right, but everyone in there had a gun. So I would like to just. Don't like that. that. <laughs> yeah. He was like, except us. So he, he tells Captain or he calls Captain to, to, you know, have him look into it or whatever. So then Joan has tracked down the witness and she is at the house of this, um, like, teacher that she was really close with in school who's now retired named manny rose which is a great name it is this is the the episode of good names i think i think the hound is also an excellent hound is name. good the girlfriend's name is sloan teller yeah. which what re-watching this when the guy was like my girlfriend i was with my girlfriend you can call her i was like oh her name is sloan and he's like her name is sloan teller <laughs> I was like why did i remember that 
<laughs> yeah, it is a very, like, sticks in your memory kind yeah, of name. Yeah, we also never get to meet her. Spoilers. I know, just her picture. Yeah, right, right. It makes you wonder if they, like, paid an, an actor to do that, or if it was just, like, some random, like, stock photo they got offline. That is a great question. Yeah, where do they, where do they get that? Or, like, pictures where it's, like, somebody and their wife, and the wife is never, you know, like, the actor and someone who is the other person. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, like, was that somebody, or was it just, like, oh, maybe a random crew member or something? <laughs> right. Well, in the a couple episodes ago, there was a photo of Captain and his wife from his actual wedding. Maybe this is the actor who plays oh. Captain, uh, his actual girlfriend that he's having an affair with. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Anything's possible. Mm -hmm. That would be an absolutely ridiculous thing to do. <laughs> it would it'd be so crazy. But I, I think people do do crazy things where they, like, have the opportunity to be on TV. So it could be like, well, I have the perfect role for you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, honey, I know you watch every episode of TV I'm in, but don't watch this one. Don't worry about it. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, so, so Joan is at Manny Rose's house and the witness is there. She's like, you promised you wouldn't tell. And uh, Mr. Rose is like, well, I didn't. She just found you. So all on her mm -hmm. own, all on her own, because she's a detective in her own right. Joan is trying to get her to, to testify. She's like, there are measures the police can take to protect you. And just like every witness in any cop procedural ever, she doesn't. <laughs> doesn't believe that that would be enough and she's like it's not good enough because of this and she hands joan a sonogram and joan's like oh what a surprise and then says out loud the thing we all know which is great but it, it, it struck me as a little bit funny You're pregnant like, no this is just a picture that i found that i thought hmm <laughs> <laughs> witness protection isn't enough anymore i found this cool picture online <laughs> <laughs> Look at it, Joan. It could be an NFT, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, NFTs. Oh, I wonder what Sherlock would think of NFTs. Oh my god. That would god. be the funniest conversation. He would hate them. Um Lestrade would buy one. Yes, and absolutely. Lose so much money. <laughs> I feel like Bell Bell would be one of those people that's like, I don't know, maybe it has promise, maybe it doesn't. And then Joan and Sherlock would just be like, it's a pyramid scheme. Exactly. I feel like Marcus would think the idea was good in theory and then he'd get like one look at like one of the pictures and be like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, you, have you been to Twitter.com recently? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my God, that's another thing. What would their Twitter handles be if they had Twitter? I feel oh like Sherlock gosh. would be like the longest number of characters for the username you could possibly have, like... I don't know, you know, something more classy, but in the vein of bees are the best thing in the entire world. And if you don't think so, you're wrong. <laughs> right. I, he's because he's on those bee forums later. Right. What is his? Yeah. I don't know if they ever say what his username is on that. It's probably something boring like S. Holmes. <laughs> right. Everyone calls him Sholmes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, maybe he would be like, he'd be like at investigating apiarist Ooh, that's a good one i could see him doing that it's my two great loves watching right. it's almost too clever like maybe he would just be like a detective with bees <laughs> yeah know? or it would just be like his job title you know consulting detective. at consulting detective s holmes 
Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's informative. People need to know who I and am. And people will know who whose tweet this is. Joan. Definitely. Uh, he's definitely one of those people who puts like, you know, like, have you ever seen mm-hmm. Bones? You know, like how Brennan, like, she when she gets onto Twitter, she, like, numbers all of her tweets so that for, like, archival purposes. So, like, her first tweet, <laughs> she puts a one at the end. Oh I feel like God. Sherlock would do something similar. Yes. Oh, maybe not, though, because he does use a lot of, like, chat speak, you know? True. But would maybe he... Maybe he would just be, like, oh. <laughs> the most internet person. We both waited so long for the other person to keep going. <laughs> But I yeah. also just wasn't sure if, you know, if you were waiting or cutting out. So it's like. Yeah. Either yeah. or, yeah. But maybe, yeah, maybe he would be like, all of the tobacco ashes and their corresponding smells, a thread, one of 560. <laughs> yeah, <that'd be> <laughs> yeah. Something massive, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Just be like, this is informative, Joan. So Nicole Watkins, she says to Watson, I cannot testify because I have this cool photo. And Joan is like, well, okay. So then uh, we go to Sherlock, who's at the brownstone, and he gets a, it's it's a cool little transition because, like, you see his phone and sh- he gets a text from Joan that's like, found the girl talking to Belle, long story. And then when he, like, exits the text, ca- Captain calls. Um, and he's, Captain is like, did you give me the right address? Because, like... A British guy who I'm Facebook friends with after his soccer team loses. This place is gutted. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the laughter. Um, (laughs) And uh, Sherlock's like, yeah, I mean, they must have noticed that I was being, I was that we were suspicious of them and and just cleared out. Because the whole place, I mean, it's not like, oh, they left for the day. It's like, there's no furniture. It's like, they took everything, yeah. Everything. But they didn't vacuum the carpet. Very rude of them. Yeah, it's like they don't even want their deposit back. What the hell? (laughs) Sherlock is like, okay, thanks, Captain. And he he hears a knock at the door, and the person at the door is the the freaking woman from the quote-unquote travel agency. It's very nice, like, you know... They're not going to be there. They're there, kind right, of thing. Right, right, exactly. Like, ah, oh, shoot, we lost him. Oh no, she's right here. Okay, I don't remember what I, why I was. Oh, I was looking for a synopsis of the of this episode, and I went to the IMDb page, and <laughs> the 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 only IMDb goof that I saw for this episode is a Mossad operative operating under a false identity in America would not choose a fake name that sounds blatantly Israeli like Dalit Zirin. And under no circumstances would she bluntly admit being a Mossad operative to an outsider. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I think the the paleontological goofs were written by paleontologists, and I think that IMDb goof was written by a Mossad agent. Right. (laughs) Like, how dare she be so obvious about it? She would never be so reckless! we're way smarter than that <laughs> i do love the way he answers the door and he's kind of like uh, what does he say he's like he says her name and then he's like at my home and the way he says it is just so interesting i just yeah uh, he kind of says it almost like he's still on the phone with captain but he's not yeah exactly it's his phone voice that's why it's so interesting <laughs> so yeah she's like can i come in i've got a lot of explaining to do and so she tells him the real story Basically, the thing about them meeting in college and, like, him liking her is true. But the real reason that he tracked her down 
was because he knew she was some kind of spy something. Yeah, because he was there when she was recruited, like not in the room, but like in her life at the time. Oh, right. Like knew her before. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I just wanted to say that during this conversation, the way they mirror each other is really interesting. Like they both sit with their legs crossed, like one leg over the other, hands on their lap, just like sitting across from each other. I just thought it was really interesting. Oh my gosh. They give off the same vibe. Like it made me think like, what would it be like if Sherlock was some kind of spy like her? Yeah. Yeah. This is something I think about is like, would he be good at be like pretending to be somebody else? Because he does like every once in a while, they have to lie about something or other, but it's never for very long. Yeah. So he's very good with the short term stuff, but it would be interesting to see if he could pull off that sort of long term. Yeah, I would like to see it. Yeah, I I kind of don't think he would be able to. I think they would get to the point where he just cannot help himself from commenting on something. Yeah. Yeah, true. Or he would, like, overly complicate his backstory and it would become obvious. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because he wants to tell you all of the details, you know? Right. It's like, Sherlock, I don't need to know your when you were a five-year-old childhood story (laughs) for your fake person. Right, exactly. He's like, okay, but I do have it. I do know what it is. I, I do have one. So the, yeah, so the guy knows that she's, uh, Gary knew that she was Mossad and went to her because of the Adam Pierce stuff. Because he's like, I think this guy is like after me. I think? Was it something like that? He's like scared. Yeah, well, he wasn't scared. I think he wanted to find out who the the person oh, was. Oh, 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 yes, yes, yes. Because he knew it was a fake, a fake Adam Pierce. Yeah. So he, yeah, he wanted to know who it was that was attacking his research and she was like i told him no at the time but he did get murdered so now i'm happy to break the law yeah now it's free reign baby uh (laughs) she hacked the servers for the journals that adam pierre had submitted to and got all of the emails that adam had written like submitted to the journals you know and gives it on a thumb drive to sherlock and sherlock's like why are you just giving this to me and she's like, well, two bozos walked into our fake travel agency and realized that we weren't a travel agency, so we have to leave now. So. So, here's the baton. Good Bye. luck. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you're going to do great. I believe in you, bud. So then we go to the... <laughs> so, I... Okay. There are a lot of times where I almost say police office instead of police station. Yeah. And I... I feel like police officers close enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right? They're officers. I almost just said they go to the post office. <laughs> well, that'd be a different episode. <laughs> that is a different thing, for sure. Uh, yeah, so police station. Joan is at the police station. She catches Belle up, basically, on everything. And she's like, oh, is her boyfriend, the father, blah, blah, blah. She says, yeah, she was at the house of this retired teacher named Manny Rose. And Bella's like, oh, oh, I don't know him, but I know the legend. The legend. He's like, how cool. Can you imagine? Imagine if people referred to you as, uh, oh, I know the legend about them. Yes. The man, the myth a legend but not a myth just a legend just straight up a legend (laughs) just this this man the absolute ledge he's a madman so the story that marcus tells joan is apparently one time somebody came in to like take one of the kids out of the class or something like that 
Yeah, something like that. I, I was too focused on the fact that he chased them out with the baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like some like gangbangers or something were trying to disrupt his class and he Marcus is like, but they didn't know he was the coach for the little league team and he takes a, a wooden baseball bat and just like chases them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, legendary. I I could not I could not imagine. So then we go to the brownstone and Joan is like, wow, you're still reading those emails? And Sherlock is like, yeah, a guy died, Joan. And a Mossad agent got these for me. I'm going to read them. Have to they be deserve thorough. more than a skim. Hello. That's, I mean, I think that was just exposition dialogue to establish that what he is reading is the emails. But whatever. Yeah. Um, because who knows with Sherlock. Exactly. What have you printed out now? Sherlock hasn't found anything yet, really. But Joan tries again to tell Sherlock that they're invited to this party. And Sherlock's like, so anyway, this Mossad woman, blah, 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 like tries to interrupt her again. And Joan at, at this point is like, why do you do that? You did that yesterday. What are you doing? I love the fact that she doesn't let him get away with it. Like, with any of his bad behavior, you know? I think, I'm sure it's been said before, but I think it's what makes the show, like, super stand out from all of the other Sherlock or Sherlock-inspired adaptations. Yeah, absolutely. You know, whereas they just let him run around being a terrible person, whereas here they're like, um, excuse me. Right, yeah. <laughs> this is such a, I, I don't know if we've talked about this, like, in detail or anything, but, yeah, this is definitely the big thing is, like, a lot of Watsons are just like, oh, what are you gonna do? But this Watson is like, hey, you need to change your behavior, actually, because it's not good. Instead of yeah. just being like a foil of like, this is what a normal person looks like in comparison to Sherlock. He's like, she's like, no, you're going to be a normal person also. Yeah. Like, if you want to be partners, you have to like at least make an attempt to be decent, yeah. you know, or treat me with the respect yes. I deserve. And the people around him, which I think is really great. Like, even in, um, I was thinking actually about House today. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever watched I watched House. some, yeah. Yeah, how Wilson is, he, he doesn't, like, let um, House get away with his terrible behavior, but that's because he's kind of just as terrible, but in different ways, which is also an interesting take, but I think that the elementary one is definitely Yeah, I better. mean, it, it makes sense, because it's like, if House is a not-cool dude, like, what kind of friend would he attract? It's like, yeah, exactly. either the most patient saint on Earth, or, like, a guy who was also kind of shitty, and, like, I feel like Wilson is, like, both. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he is. He's patient, but also, like, he kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Y you know. So, yeah, so Joan is like, what's what's with you? Why do, why do you keep avoiding the topic of the party? And Sherlock's like, because I'm not going to go. Um, and his first, uh, his first answer, or, like, his first explanation is, like, it's in a bar. I'm a drug addict. I'm not going to go to a bar. Like, there's triggers there. And Joan is like, oh, shit, I didn't even realize. Okay. But then she's like, but is that it? And he's like, no, there's it's, it's because I'm not a cop. I don't I don't feel like I'm, a, I'm allowed to go. I'm an outsider. Exactly. Yes. I'm always looking. Yeah, this in. is this is a police thing. And then he also he does make the good point of he was directly involved with like the reason Bell was off the force for a while or like off the like away from the field so like celebrating him coming back is a bit yeah. like yay sorry about that again like yeah might not be the best mm -hmm. reminder but joan says i don't know if she says it here or if she says it another time but she's like he wants you there so like he's not gonna yeah. think that it's a bad reminder you know 
Exactly. He wouldn't have invited you if he didn't want yeah. you to come. And so Jonah's like, well, okay. So where where are you getting with, you know, Adam Peer? And she's she looks through the papers that uh, Sherlock has printed out of all the emails and everything. And Joan notices, it's like one of the first ones she notices. She's like, oh, oh no. So this is this was Adam Peer's first his first first whistleblowing was this pharmaceutical company created a drug and published a research study about it being like, it's great. It definitely won't make your head explode. And then Adam Peer was like, came out and, and, and blew the whistle on the fact that they were like fabricating the data and all this stuff. And so the, um, the FDA re- made them stop making it basically. I don't remember what, that process is called but yeah i think it just didn't you know they withdrew it their support or yeah, something they didn't approve it yeah and they got fined i think as well oh yes yes huge fine yes i remember that yeah and joan was like you know it was a big big deal at the time and then she says something very smart where she goes if this was adam pierce's first case don't serial anything errors start close to home yeah Pointing the, she's very good at pointing the investigation in the right yeah. direction. Yeah, yeah. Sherlock was looking at these like all night. Joan just had this thought. She's so smart. She is. I love her. She's got those big mm-hmm. brains and great fashion. Uh, her coats in this episode are just ooh, yes. beautiful. Yes, her her. I I don't love her like two thousands outfits, like the, a lot of the like that looser stuff that she wears in like earlier seasons. But right when she's all buttoned up. Because it's cold, she looks good. Very cool, yeah. Definitely, besides um, the suits from later seasons, I think her mm. like really long coats that almost look like dresses are my favorite wardrobe staple yes. of hers. Yes. Oh, I can't wait till we get to the suits. Oh, so it's cool. so good. I actually wrote in this next scene, because um, they're interviewing, or they're, they're talking to somebody at the, uh, the pharmaceutical company that had been whistleblown and I, I wrote, uh, Sherlock is in his buttoned all the way up era. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is when he's... Uh, he really yeah, is, eh? This is when he wears the buttoned up the buttoned up shirts. Yeah, all the way up, like really tied to his throat. Yeah. Yeah, so and the, the three-piece suits. It's a, it's a great look. It reminds me of when I was a kid. Um, if there were like buttons on a thing, I thought that that meant that you like you had to do all the buttons. Had to do every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I was like, why would they put them there if you're not supposed to? Yeah, I went through this phase where, you know, like cardigans, mm-hmm. um, I would button up only the second top button or second button from the bottom because I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. The second from oh, the, the bottom. Oh, the things we do as children. That is <laughs> yeah, I know. How bizarre. wild placement. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Like, what was my thought process there? I don't know. Right. I couldn't tell like, you. I want to accentuate my apple-shape body. <laughs> <laughs> yes, literally. Second button. Wow. I, I love the, like, stuff that we do as, like, kids and teens where we're like, this is going to be my thing. And it's just some weird choice. Yeah, super random. It's like, this is what's going to make me an individual. And a lot of the time, we're correct. <laughs> probably not in the way we want it. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we do our best. <laughs> so yeah, so they're talking to this pharmaceutical um, executive, and she's like, well, the person that submitted, or the person that that tried to complain internally about the research problems was this neurochemist who 
then quit his job and also like dropped off the face of the earth. And once the FDA dropped the approval for the drug, they just stopped looking for him because it didn't really matter like chasing down the guy who killed our drug because it was like the FDA killed your drug. Like, Yeah, nothing you can do about it. So yeah. no point. And he's apparently like totally off the grid. So that's that. A new thing to hunt, I guess. And then Belle goes to Manny Rose's house. And he's like, hey, man, I, you know, I've heard your legend and everything. I think you're cool. Uh, and he just stopped by to, like, to tell Nicole that if she doesn't want to testify, she doesn't have to. Like, she shouldn't have to do anything that, you know, she shouldn't be forced to do anything she doesn't want to do. And they're going to get the guy, you know, they'll, they'll figure it out. They got a good case, like, even without her. Yeah, real good guy stuff. Yeah. This is always complicated to me because I think in police procedurals, at least, it a lot of times is, like, presented as, like, but you have to testify. If you don't testify, then the case, blah, 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 yeah. blah, Yeah. But it's also, like, there's a very grueling thing to go through and, like... Absolutely. And she's she's not wrong that there was, like, a legit threat to her life, yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the whole thing that she's testifying about is a murder, yeah, so it's not like it's not, you know, an impossibility. Like, it's it's very uh, easy right. to happen. Yeah. So, um, Bell says, he's like, oh, is that the bat? Because he's got, like, a, Mr. Rose has a, a baseball bat hanging on his wall. And he's like, no, 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 that's, that's a, a gift from another thing. <laughs> and then, I'm not really sure why I wrote this down, but I did take note of the fact that Bell, when he's leaving, is like, well, I just came by, you know, just tell her it's okay. She doesn't have to testify. Thanks for the water. And then hands a cup of a glass of water back to this guy that he's probably taken half a sip of i don't know it's yeah. just a weird detail he's like, like choice, thank yeah. you for pouring this for me i loved it we know bell's not gonna accidentally take cups of water with him just making sure we know that he hands things back to their owners. yes yes exactly and he's very polite about it he, yeah that's so funny i don't remember that bit i mean all. it was nothing it was very <laughs> he was also because he was like gesturing with the water i think it was like how i like he wasn't holding it straight up and down i don't know if i'm just like paranoid right. about spilling stuff but i i don't gesture with the hand i'm holding water in oh no i don't either it's so interesting when that kind of stuff, when you like oh like this isn't real life mm -hmm. you know like the one thing that i cannot stand is when they leave the fridge open oh my and things and then they just God. like walk out of wherever they are like they do it in so many things and i'm like close the fridge close the do fridge you, do you think that's gonna close itself yeah what, what, <laughs> so what are you crazy doing? yeah exactly the one thing that i didn't notice but i read a, read somebody talking about their pet peeve is when um actors hold a mug with their hand through the handle and they're like cup, they're, you know, their hands are around both yeah. sides because it's like that would hurt after like two seconds. Yeah. Well, great. Now I have another thing I'm going <laughs> to notice every time. <laughs> you ever notice you can hear the singer breathing in this song? No, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Uh, well, I will never not notice it again. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to ruin some media for you. Literally, it's like that How I Met Your Mother episode wherever they notice something irritating like this, that glass shattering sound. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's that scene. Now we're back at the brownstone again. And Sherlock has figured out that the um, the neurochemist that blew the whistle, when he got off the grid, he went to Mexico and he became a surfer and he promptly died. So not him. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's like the thing he says. I think he says something like, "Well, it took my certainty up to um a hundred percent that it wasn't him," which I thought was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my gosh, the way Sherlock says stuff is just so funny. Yeah. Like. He's, he's like, he really isn't the kind of guy who would use three words when 15 would like suffice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's like, I know so many words. I should use them. I have a daily quota. <laughs> right. Of unique words. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So um, not that guy. They're back to who knows. And Joan, um, Joan brings out this poster. And uh, again, Sherlock just like feeling s- feisty is like a poster of a guy with gun holes is the decor not american enough for you should we get some rockwells and beef fat fryer (laughs) and joan is like no it's a gift for marcus this is his test that he um he passed with like this is the piece of paper that he shot to show that he can shoot things now she's so good at gifts like every single present she ever gives in the show is just like a 12 out of 10 is yeah damn it's because she's thoughtful She's considerate. Mm. I, on the other hand, am not good at giving gifts. Yeah. I asked my dad and sister on our, like, Skype call uh, a couple days ago. I was like, what do you guys want for Christmas? And my dad was like, it's funny the word want because we use it to mean desire, but it actually kind of means what are you lacking? So that's an interesting little quirk (laughs) in our language. And I was just like, what am I? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get you a CVS gift card. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love giving gifts. It's uh, one of my favorite things to do. Is like to like figure out, you know, like the kind of things that they like. So if they like cooking, mm-hmm. then you give them like a, a cooking kit that you make yourself. So like a bowl and a wooden spoon mm. and like I gave this gift recently. And then you know. Some kind of food where you basically pre- it's like you're making your own HelloFresh kit, basically. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> but you know, something a meal that they actually like, or you can do those like hot chocolate ones where you like put all the hot chocolate ingredients into a thing with a cute cup and some marshmallows, yes. and then they can make it themselves when they want. Yes, I have gotten that as a gift before. It is, it is very nice. Mm, That's fun, right? Yeah. The problem is, my dad like he likes like if I was gonna do that. The thing I thought of was like he likes making like baking bread and like making pizza and stuff. But he has he yeah. has all the stuff for that. Yeah, and that's that's hard when they like have like all of the specialist things and then you know that if you buy them something, it's not going to be the right. Thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I know you like painting, so you bought I bought you a tube of paint. Like, no, do not do that. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, sorry, I don't use that paint anymore. That was three paints ago. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I use the stuff that's three times more expensive. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. I'll figure it out. So, yeah. So, Joan has the target from Marxist test. There's this, like, moment where Sherlock is just, like, kind of staring at it. And he's like, he's got good grouping. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a weird moment. It was, like, almost introspective. It made me think that there was, like, some sort of... Like, even though I've seen this so many times, I uh, think, thought there was, like, some plot point where he was, like, faking the shots or something. Like, that's the tone that oh he said gosh, it in. yeah. Yeah, because, like, but, uh, it, no. it doesn't come up again. Like, it's just that he yeah. was looking at it of, like, oh, yeah, Marcus shooting things. <laughs> yeah. He, it's, yeah. like, appreciating his skills. But, like, just the way he said it was so, like, there's something suspicious here. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like sad i don't yeah it it was weird yeah 
I guess that's just his like contemplating voice. Yeah. He's got complicated emotions. So on the evidence wall is uh, all of the people that Sherlock thought might be Adam Peer. And uh, basically everybody that he looked up was eliminated one way or another. Like couldn't be him or didn't know about it until uh, after the fact and stuff like that. And then they get to, they, they come to the conclusion that maybe there was a second whistleblower do you sorry do you remember why they think it's why they come up with the idea that it was mrs buckner the miss miss buckner um yeah because in his letter or in one of the the letters that the surfing guy wrote his resignation letter few good people in yeah you know the few good people who remember why they got into healthcare. so they thought he was talking about himself but then they were like what if he's talking about somebody else in the company yes like what if the first person that he told about the faulty research was somebody in the company who wanted to do the right thing but then couldn't yeah exactly who tried to make a different who tried to you know say something about it or do the right thing yeah and so they they go back to the woman they were talking to before the the executive they like catch her right as she's leaving the building and she's like oh i gotta i gotta go and they're like mm, no we're gonna talk to you because they're like hi are you adam pier <laughs> and she's like yes and no so she says when they accuse her of being adam pier she says that they're half right because she was but so was gary <laughs> is it gary i think it's Oh, Granger. Yeah. oh no, his name is not Gary. It's Barry Granger. Barry, okay. Well, very close. It's you yeah. I just remember Granger because, you know, it's mm-hmm. yeah. An easy name the, to remember. The, re- the reason that shall not but, be named yeah. what- and that everyone remembers yes. the last name Granger. Yeah. But yeah, that's like the plot twist is like, you know, ooh, the guy from the beginning is actually one of the whistleblowers. Ah. He discredited himself? What? So they go to the police station so that Miss Buckner is her name. I didn't ever catch her first name, so I don't remember what it is, but... Yeah, I don't... Didn't even remember Miss Buckner. What could her so. first name be? Um, Helena. Helena. Helena Buckner. Yes. I just think it flows it nicely. It does. And it almost kind of sounds like hell in a bucket. <laughs> I don't know if that's a positive yeah, or a negative, does. but... Uh, it could go either way. It depends if, if, you know, that was a thing that she was teased about. In right, exactly, exactly. Because if she wasn't, then that's awesome. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Having a goofy name, like, out of school is great. I yeah. met someone, there's, there's no way to tell this story without, like, doxing this woman. I met someone whose first name was Brooks, and she married someone whose last name was Brooks, and she took <laughs> his last amazing. name. Yeah, of course. You would have to. You, you know, when you have an opportunity like that, you have to right? seize it. That's hilarious. That's so funny. Brooks, Brooks. Brooks. That's amazing. That's like if your last name is dentist or something like that. You really have no choice. You have to become a dentist. Right, right. Or you have to do something really the opposite of being a dentist. Yeah, exactly. You know, like I'm a base jumping instructor. Adam Dentist. Right. <laughs> Adam Dentist. Exactly. Because <laughs> if you get anywhere near, you know, healthcare or dentistry, people will get confused. Yeah, absolutely. You just, what if you're like a receptionist at a dentist office and your name is <laughs> that would be so funny. Andrew Dentist? And you're just like, I'm a dentist, but I'm not a dentist. <laughs> a dentist. That's so funny. That's even better than I was thinking. <laughs> 
I'm a dentist, but I'm not the dentist. Exactly. Right, right. And then the, whoever he's telling is like, are we all a dentist or <laughs> what? <laughs> Except by the end of it, it, you would, you know, that like classic um, monotone customer service point, it, you know, when you're so sick of making the same joke, you'd be like, I'm a dentist, but I'm not the dentist. Right. right. <laughs> Welcome to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes, it's funny because my name is dentist. Anyway, how can I help you? <laughs> so they go to the the police station with Miss Dentist, and she's explaining that Barry Granger and her were Adam Peer. And they, they came up with this idea, you know, it was like, basically, because the whistleblowing didn't work internally, they were like, we'll create this, you know, fake person to send in an anonymous tip, basically, to this journal. And then a little bit later, Barry noticed another, like, discrepancy in a different journal where it looked like their results were being faked. And she was like, so we had the A peer thing. We just decided to go back and use them again. And then and then they like caught the bug and they decided to start going after people on purpose and like looking for plagiarism and looking for cherry picked data and stuff like that. Yeah, it's interesting the way they position them, because I actually think they're just doing a great job. Like it's there's not, it's not illegal to like look for fakes. Oh, no, and- yeah you know journals and stuff so it's just interesting i personally think they're doing 100 percent the right thing and it's very leverage e of them i don't know if yes. you've ever seen leverage. another show i i really like yes yeah it's great My favorite right? thing about leverage is that it's very anti-capitalist but like they yeah. never say it so it's just like hmm these injustices they seem pretty systematic don't they interesting yeah interesting yeah <laughs> leverage is great it's hard, though, because a lot of it is based on, like, super real stories, uh-huh. but they, like, downplay them for the show. Like, you know, the prison episode where they, like, send prison people to prison on purpose because it's a business? Mm-hmm. Um, in real life, it was based on a story where they were doing the same... This is so heavy. I'm sorry to bring down <laughs> the root of the thing. No, it's sorry. where it was kids, actually, you know? Where it oh, was yeah, the, it was juvenile the, detention... Yeah, like, you know, juvie rehab or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like what they messy. have to like make it less terrible for the show because otherwise <laughs> right. it seemed quote unquote too unbelievable, isn't that for crazy? the villain of the episode to be? Yeah, doing. yeah, yeah. That's wild. The other thing I didn't like about Leverage was in the final season, the two people that everyone ships at the whole show are finally together and they never kiss. But the two, the main guy and his woman make out on screen like 80 times yeah for no I know. reason it's <laughs> like like who was this guy see? is the least interesting character of the I whole know. show and the most mm-hmm. annoying have you watched any of leverage redemption <gasps> no is it out already yeah first season's out it's pretty good and they just got renewed like Ooh. obviously it's um not quite the same as the old one they're like definitely relying on nostalgia quite a bit you know but mm-hmm. It was very enjoyable still. And it was pretty cool to see, like, a lot of the updated um, sort of technology, I guess. Like, they mentioned TikTok a couple of times. <laughs> nice. Also, there are a lot more um, side queer characters, which is I thought was really nice. Great. Yeah, as opposed to original yeah. leverage that had none? Yeah, exactly. Not there's regular even a, ones. Yeah. I mean, there's only, what, like, I think 10 episodes out, but they're, like, notable um, and nice. you know how they do a flashback, not spoilers for anybody who doesn't want any spoilers, but you know how they do a flashback episode a bunch of times, like in the 60s or whatever? The 60s. Oh, yes, 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 yes. 
they did one where um, Hardison and Parker play the roles, you know, in the mm-hmm. past. And then they did one where Elliot and Parker play the roles. And then in this one, they did one where Sophie plays the role with another lady. Like it was, uh, so it's very cool. Nice. Yes. Yeah. I do remember the flashback episodes. They're, they're not precisely flashbacks because it's like a character yeah, in the story it, yeah. telling it. So it's not, it's not. They're acting them out. Yeah. yeah sorry. That flashback was the wrong word to use, but like they act out the past things. Yeah. Like shows. I was like, what was, how old was Nate in the sixties that he would have a <laughs> flashback? But no. Yeah. That was cool. That was really cool. What, what is, what show is this? What are we, is this podcast? <laughs> sorry. Uh, show about leverage. No. So anyway, they, they were growing momentum as Adam Peer. I think she kind of talks about it as a like, oh, and then it snowballed. But I don't think it, they're trying to present it as like a bad thing. But it yeah. was something that they had to keep as a secret because if it ever came out that, you know, this pharmaceutical executive was, you know, co-writing these letters, taking down other people's research for like their drugs, like if any competitors yeah. lost business because of that, it would just look like it was because... Yeah, sabotaging the competition. Yeah. yeah. Which is true. Yeah. And then sense. that's also why she didn't come forward when Barry died. She was like, I don't think it's what he would have wanted. And she's probably right. If he didn't even want um, them to say it when he was still alive, he probably, you know, wouldn't want to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She asks Sherlock, it's like, are you going to tell people? And Sherlock's like, the hound could save a lot of people's lives. Like, we have to. We, like, we have to, you know, clear barry's name by exposing that the adam peer that said his research was wrong was a fake mm. you can't really say like this guy's not the real adam peer I, I'm not, don't ask me who the real one is but it's not this guy yeah so oh well so now they're like well if it wasn't adam peer who else could have they come up with a theory that barry was being targeted not because of something he did, but because he's his research is supporting the Hound. Yeah, so they're like, oh, who would this actually affect? And it's the guy who was being a, a big jerk about <laughs> Barry's death affecting him. <laughs> oh, and then he's, I think Sherlock says something like, loathe as I am to admit it, <laughs> which is just like another one of his big yeah. points. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because he says like, he's loathe to admit it, but you know, this guy, this guy might actually be a victim in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so they go to that guy and they a- they tell him about that. And then they ask him, who would have motive to attack you? Who would have a motive to attack you and the hound kind of? And he's like, well, let me write you a freaking list. Get in line. There's so many people who don't like me. <laughs> I am so unlikable. Everyone I meet. <laughs> now we go back to the police station and uh, Manny is talking to Bell. And uh, he says, we couldn't get Nicole to agree to testify. But I've talked to her so many times. I know every detail. Like, let me testify in her place. And Marcus is like, no, that's perjury. It's illegal. And also, it probably wouldn't even work. So. And he says, I could lose my shield, which I thought was really interesting. Like, why that term? Like, wouldn't, don't people normally say badge or job? <laughs> yes, yes. I do remember him saying that. Because it's shaped like a shield. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. Um, I was, and I was thinking like, why doesn't he just testify to what Nicole told him and say like, Nicole told me she saw blah, blah, blah. But that's hearsay. Like that's a, already a category that's been ruled out. And Bella's like, listen, like, 
I I know you. I know how much of a difference you make to your community. And Mr. Rose is like, oh, yeah, big, big fat zero. That's what I've difference I've made. Or this this town sucks. No, he doesn't say it like that. But pretty close. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you know, I've, I've worked so hard all this time. And like, there's still all this crime happening. There's still all these, you know, bad things. Like still seeing... Yeah, still seeing the kids I looked after get hurt. Yeah. That must be so hard. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Bella's like, well, not all of them. I mean, you know, I stood up to uh, bangers when they tried to get me to join their gang. And, you know, I never joined a gang. And that's because of you. And a lot of other kids also had better lives because of you. So. It's like a really nice moment, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And then he he also says, like, we will eventually get this guy. Like, even if we don't get him this time, we'll get him the next time. Like, Yeah. So the vibe is kind of like, with good old-fashioned police work. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we don't have to break the rules to get this guy. So now we go to the brownstone. Is Sherlock doing anything other than thinking about the party? <laughs> He's staring at the... <laughs> At the poster of the guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. And Joan's like, um, what does she say? She's like, who's winning? Yeah. <laughs> because he's having, like, a staring competition. She's so funny. Yes. Oh, and the way she, like, does it as well, she, like, comes in and she's, like, talking. And then she, like, looks at him. And then she does this turn on her heel to see what he's looking at. <laughs> and then you see the poster. And she's like, who's winning? <laughs> yeah. She's so iconic. Yes. And... Yeah, he's he's staring at the poster because he's like, he can't decide if he wants to go to the, you know, Marcus deserves to be celebrated, but it would, would it be weird? Like, would he make the vibes weird there if he was there? And he says, misanthropy was so easy, Watson. I miss it sometimes. <laughs> he's so melodramatic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just love him. I love them all. Mm-hmm. He's like, I was lonely at the top of my tower, but it was a simple life. I liked it that way. Yeah, he is so dramatic. And then they get a call from Thomas Gregson. I've been calling him Captain all episode, and I, I'd like to... Yeah, I, can, I only ever refer to him as Captain Gregson. Yeah. I call him Captain like it's his first name, and I'm on first name basis yeah. with him. <laughs> uh, but they, they get a call from, from Mr. Captain, and he's like, hey, so... The CEO guy, who's first, I don't remember his first name, but his last name is Prince. Um, Prince is uh, is at the police station because he got arrested for killing his wife. Huh? Insane. I know. What a twist. Another murder? Another murder. At this stage? There's so many, there's so many deaths in this episode. Yeah. Spoiler, <laughs> I guess. But yeah. I mean, we're almost to the end of the episode now, so yeah. <laughs> a lot of spoilers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so they they go into the police station, and Prince again is like, Sloan, tell her, my girlfriend, she's my alibi, I was with her all night. Um, and they're like, I don't know, it doesn't look good for you, like, you're in this contentious divorce, You she your wife was killed with your gun. And he's like, yeah, exactly, my gun. Why would I shoot my wife with my gun and then leave it there? I know. No, nobody he's does that. Like, 
if I killed her, I would be so much smarter about it, guys. <laughs> right. Like that's basically what he's saying. Yeah, he's like, I have a whole plan for how for how I would do it if I did. And this is this is funny because he's like, obviously, I'm being framed by somebody. You know, the same people that uh, that killed Barry, and it's weird because it's like this is kind of not a very good frame job. Yeah. Like, like, why would they make it so, like, obvious? Right. Like, why wouldn't you put his gun, you know, in the trash outside his ex-wife's apartment or yeah, something? Yeah, just slightly, you know, less. Like, here's the murder weapon. We basically drew a bunch of arrows pointing at it. Right. I signed the back of this murder with my name. Yeah, literally. <laughs> What's his name? It was here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. So... They're like, well, yeah, he he's smart enough to invent a hound of the cancer cells. I don't think he's so dumb that he would leave his gun there. So, hmm. And then um, we cut to the brownstone the next morning. It is another classic elementary trope of Sherlock waking Joan up. A very table way. Yeah, yeah, it's true. She, he's just like opening the windows. And she, she even says like, I know you're not doing this again. Just kind of acknowledging that, like, he has learned this is a rude thing to do, but he wants to do it. So. Yeah, it's so funny. Have you seen that um, video? I don't know if it's on Tumblr or on YouTube where it's like, Holmes, the best alarm clock on the market. And then it's a whole bunch (laughs) of cuts of him waking her up. (laughs) I have not seen that, but that is great. I have definitely seen, like, that there are compilations of of him waking waking her up. It's so classic. The, The other great thing about this is... So he basically, um, he tells her they found the cab driver that drove Sloan and, you know, Prince to their date or whatever, and he ID'd them, and so that's their alibi. But they're thinking maybe the biggest competitor to the Hound, maybe the CEO of that rival company, decided to frame Prince for murder. And he's doing this thing that I think is really funny, where he's he's going into Joan's closet and taking clothes out. And, like, he's, like, looking at them. He, like, takes out a shirt and, like, looks at it. And then he, like, puts it back and he takes out a different shirt and throws it on Joan. And he's like, come on, we gotta go. And he's, like, <laughs> all hyper because apparently he drank three cups of coffee. Yeah. I love the way they chat, um, you know, when they do that when Joan's sleepy. And she's just, like, it's her tolerance is so much lower than normal. She's just, yeah. And she even says that. She's like, are you okay? You seem... Hyper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, because like, while he's like, you know, it's talking all of this stuff at her, she's like, putting the blanket over her head and like turning it over and stuff. Um, Just classic. Uh, speaking of him picking out her clothes, I think I can't mm-hmm. remember where it was pointed out. But I saw somebody say that, you know, he often like picks out clothes for her. But then in the next she- scene, she's never wearing them. So it's like she deliberately chooses other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happens in this scene. She's wearing yeah. a totally different outfit. I love it. I love it. Because so you, classic. Like Sherlock would just pick random stuff. Like Yeah. If you actually wore whatever he put together. Well Yeah, he likes to think he's a you know, up there, but Joan is such a fashion plate, she wouldn't uh, take anything less than perfection. Exactly, exactly. Plus, if she wore what he picked out for her, he would keep doing it. So Oh yeah. Can't reward bad behavior. Yeah. So so they go to a restaurant um, because this is where the Radner CEO is is having breakfast. And 
they're like, did you kill this guy's ex-wife to frame him? So you, your company could be the number one in the market? And the guy's like, no, we just, we just buy companies that are competing with us. We were going to do that with this one. Yeah, because I have so much yeah. money. It's like, look at how fancy this restaurant is. You think I have to kill people? No. So they're like, hmm. And then he, <laughs> Sherlock gets this like completely vacant expression. And Joan is like, are you crashing from, from the caffeine? And he says, no, I'm ascending. <laughs> so he's got a break <laughs> in the case. So funny. <laughs> no, I'm ascending, actually. I'm ascending. Uh, hilarious. Joan, have you ever had ayahuasca? I took some in the cab. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so there, oh, I wrote it down here. His first name is Hank. Not the best name. Sorry. Hank no. points. Anyway, Hank. so they're at the police station and Hank is there with his lawyer because um, they've, they're doing a little parlor room reveal at him. So basically, classic yes, before I knew the term parlor room reveal, I was like so annoyed by these scenes because it's like, why are they telling the person that did it? how they did it but right. now i get to do the thing where i'm i'm leo dicaprio pointing at the screen and i can just nice. go parlor room reveal <laughs> it is great uh i love the little setup that they have especially when they have like little props you know it's oh like my they're God. so whimsical about yes. it you know they just uh they don't just lay it out they're like you know what would make this perfect right? <laughs> they they print stuff out and tape them to the chairs like they're just arresting a guy they could just arrest him. <laughs> yeah, like they don't need that evidence there, but, you know, just for yeah, funsies. <laughs> it's more compelling. So they're talking to Prince, and basically, Radner was going to buy this company. So they had they had appraised the Hound company to see how, how valuable it was. And he, they were about to make a ton of money with this acquisition. But Prince is in the middle of a divorce. And so he didn't want to have to pay a bunch of alimony after the divorce because he was like, screw my ex-wife. And so he tried to tank the company's reputation by killing a dude. Um, <laughs> which is. Yeah, it's so, yeah, he's so like over the top. Just surely, surely the yeah. Adam Peer letter was enough, but no. No, he, he he's a perfectionist, you know, it has to be. Right. Or nothing. There can be no doubt. This is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And then they interview him about it, and he's like, man, this really messed up my day. No, you didn't. You plan. You, you knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Freaking. <laughs> it's making your day, right? actually. So that tanks the, the company's value. But then, because the frame-up was discovered, the the company went back up in value. So it rebounded too fast. Yeah. So... Yeah, because yeah. we're so good at our They're jobs. Like, Sorry, we're detectives. It's kind of what we do. So plan B, uh, instead of trying to screw the ex-wife out of a bunch of money, was just to murder her. Cool. And uh, because they had gone to him, you know, and said, we think somebody is trying to frame you. What do you think? So he's like, oh, if I do the thing that I really want to do, it'll look like it's so obvious that it's me. It must be a frame up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so funny. The note I wrote for this section was, the layers to this guy's murder is so crazy. He's the real <laughs> onion. So <laughs> I think <laughs> I think I was referring to the fact that they used an onion browser yes. early in the show, that Adam like thing, but it's just like a funny mm. note to make. <laughs> I dip my hat to you, the true onion. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is. The Onion. This is another one, like the last episode two was, or not last episode, uh, two episodes ago with the um, the labor department thing. It's like, it's kind of cool the way it's like, it's not just like, oh, the killer planned all of this stuff and then did it and then now we solved it. It's like, part A happened. Yeah, and then- they did all of this stuff to get the specific yeah. outcome yeah. that would help me. So this yeah. is another thing of, yeah, like he did that and then had a second try, basically. So then the lawyer is like, okay, but the cab driver alibied them. He said that he remembered them. And this is where the props come in. So they have (laughs) taped a picture of Mr. Prince on one seat. I'm going to call him Hank to be disrespectful. They, Yeah. He doesn't deserve that. He's no Prince. He's a friggin' Hank. So they've taped a picture of Hank's face on one chair, like opposite them at the table, and then Sloane's face on another chair. And then they're like, oh yeah, the cabbie alibied you, sure. And Sherlock brings out this big hunk of plastic shaped like the inside of a, a cab. <laughs> and, he's, and he's like, this is the actual cab door. Yeah, <laughs> So what, did they go interview the guy and then Sherlock was like, hmm, you know what, I'll take Yeah, they, they're you. like, so you're sure you saw this woman? Are you using your cab right now? Can we take it apart real quick? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> so unnecessary, but it does make it, it does. good. <laughs> it does. So uh, Sherlock is like, you know, this is the real partition. So, you know, with these two sitting like this, you can't even see, you can see Sloane through the window, but you can't see this guy through the like, through the partition. Because it's so Right, funny. right, exactly. I also noticed, this is a weird thing that the prop department did. I don't know, like, I guess there was too much with, like, the framing for it to, like, it had to be on this side. But Sherlock puts the partition down in front of them. And there's, like, all these signs that say, like, don't forget your belongings and, like... Right, so it would actually be the other way around. Yeah, yeah, like, you don't need to tell the cab driver to look out for bicycles. Like, so this is the passenger side of the... So... It just means that it's, like, the wrong side of the window. Yeah. It's interesting. Just such a small detail, but yeah. Do, yeah. The, do the little windows open no, both ways? No, I mean, I think, I think that's the, partition. the thing. Is, yeah, but it, okay. It's also just, like, definitely because they wanted the blocking of the scene to be like that. But I was yeah. like, why didn't they just switch the seats that the pieces of paper were taped to? Yeah, literally. Just not put any paper on it in the first place. It's not like we can see it through the the foggy thing. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. (laughs) It's not like we're going to be like, hmm, I wonder what this big hunk of plastic that they said what the thing is is going to be. We need the visual. Right, right. What would it look like if you saw a woman through this window? I I can't tell. (laughs) Anyway, so they got a a warrant to search Sloane's apartment or whatever, and they found that she was on trueromantics.com last, like, the night before, looking for a guy approximately this guy's, you know, size and hair color to go on a date with her. Mm, Convenient. And then once they, like, told Sloane that they got her, she told them everything. Um, Of course. It is interesting that, like, the whole thing is, like, about... I mean, a very minor part of it is about, like, internet privacy um, with Adam Pierce, and then, like, they fi- figure them out by, like, looking into their search history or their internet right? usage. Yeah, like, if only they had used NordVPN, today's sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no. Um, I, I also thought it was funny. The lawyer is like, well, Sloan alibied him. And Captain is like, yeah, she wouldn't be the first girlfriend to alibi a guy for killing his ex-wife. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So casual. But she didn't even just alibi him. She, like, fully took part in the thing, you know. Yeah. In, in the... the faking of the alibi. Yeah. yeah. Like, she, she did, like, a lot of she the work. Did. She did. TrueRomantics.com is going to think that she's, like, really picky and, like, really weird, really weirdly specific about what kind of guy she wants to date. Yeah. <laughs> Once you mess up your algorithm like that. Yeah. Can you swore through parameters like that on, uh, on, I've never been on True Romantics, so. Is it still a website? I don't think it was ever a website. I think it's a fake. Oh, it's just a mm-hmm. fake one. Yeah, but I, so I hadn't really thought about it until now, but no, you can't, you can't sort through that. So she just must have been just scrolling. Yeah, because, like, you can sort through, like, age and, like, location, obviously. The closest thing I could think of to, like, looking only for, like, white guys with brown hair is, like, I think OkCupid has a question that's, like, I would strongly prefer to date someone of my own race. Like, Right. (laughs) That's not really filtering out all the non-white people. That's kind of filtering out all the non-racist people, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. She was just endlessly scrolling i guess that's why she had to spend so long on there because she had to like go through exactly each profile. exactly yeah and she's like are you really six feet this is actually very important <laughs> don't lie about your hat to me i'm not gonna be lying to you about anything <laughs> right we're just gonna be lying to the cab driver i mean what no it's uh <laughs> never mind so now time for a big bummer yeah marcus gets a call from i think the morgue This was an interesting thing because I think this is... They must have introduced Eugene previously, right? This isn't the first time that we see Eugene? Oh, um, the, the, the morgue guy. Um, Mm -hmm. I've, I can't actually remember what he looks like. I was too focused on Marcus, I think. Is that, see, I watch too many detective shows. (laughs) Sherlock (laughs) plays chess against him. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, then they have introduced him before. Yeah. They have, is that what he said? Yes, I'm pretty sure they have. Makes sense. Anyway, spotting the side character aside, um, Belle yeah. is called down to the morgue because there are two bodies down there, and the first one that we see is Mr. Rose's, and he's got a lot of bullet holes in him. And yeah. the other one is the guy that Nicole was going to testify against. So apparently Mr. Rose like went and confronted that guy like with a, with a gun, and they, they yeah. both were killed on the scene. And um, they don't, there's not really anything else to say about it. I mean, that that's just like... Yeah, just sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like, they don't even do like a little, oh, at least now we can put them all away kind of thing, you know? Right. Not that I think. Yeah, you know, it's it's just, yeah. just sad. Yeah, it is. And now it's party time! Woohoo! So after this day of work that Bell has... He has to have a party. I'm going to go to his party... And it's my favorite scene of the whole episode. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is excellent. Because he's outside the bar pondering, and Sherlock walks up to him, and he says, and there was me thinking the party would be inside. Because he loves Marcus, and he thinks he's the party. He does. And then he's like, oh, if I'd known it was going to be out here, I might have committed a lot sooner. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And Marcus very, like, shyly says, hey, I wasn't sure you'd come. 
because he loves Sherlock and he thinks he's great. Yes, he does. They're so bashful. It's so I cute. I know. And then he's like, uh, do you ever have one of those days? Yeah. And Sherlock's like, yeah, the work we do, you know, it's hard. And I just love that he puts them on the same footing. Yeah. Like, they love each other and they respect yes. each other. Yes, yes. He's like, we are, we are both detectives and we're both really good at it. We're both handsome. Bella's like, I worked really hard to, like, get back, but, you know, today sucked (laughs) because it's a hard job. And and Sherlock says, there's a coffee shop on the corner. Because, oh, Marcus is like, I I just don't want to go in yet. And Sherlock's like, you don't have to. There's a coffee shop on the corner. And then Marcus is like, is that an invitation? (laughs) And then Sherlock does this really cute little, like, bashful look away. like shrug you know it's so cute it's their first date (laughs) i know i love it so much i love it uh i love when they close the show on two characters walking away you know together and it's just a perfect ending love each other it's it's so interesting because it's such a low and then such a high (laughs) (laughs) right yeah yeah this is i mean it's like this stuff and then that scene where Marcus is at the brownstone throwing cards into the Stanley Cup. And he's like, I yes. think tonight, this oh is goodness, all I, I need. Oh my goodness, I love that scene. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many good seeds of them. Like one of my favorite lines, I don't remember if this was before, after this episode, but when um, they talk about how uh, Marcus did, he used to act in high school. <laughs> yes. And then Sherlock is like, yeah, um, the New York City stage is our loss is our gain, I yes! guess. And I thought that was so yes! cute. Yes, that has already happened because I remember saying in the podcast how much I how mad I was that we didn't get to hear Marcus sing. Yeah, <laughs> he was on, it was in, he was in a musical in high school. Yeah, that would have been yes. so good. Yes, ah, oh, it's good. I w- I wouldn't say before today that I like ship Marcus and Bell. Because, you know, the, the only thing that happens is what's on screen. But also, yeah. it's a very fun lens to watch through. And it is true. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just, I think, I just really love Marcus. And I love the way that they, I mean, you could also, you know, read it as friendship because the way their respect grows for each yeah. other. And uh, it's, I, th- I sometimes think that um, Sherlock... It sort of doesn't see people super like 3D a lot mm-hmm. of the time, and like and Marcus and Captain Gregson and Joan and them are like the people that really stand out yeah. to him, and it's just really nice to see that grow into like a the relationship yeah. they end up having. Yeah, it's definitely like seeing it from the the lens of friendship is still very powerful. Like I really like that narrative yeah. because you know, Bell, there isn't like they're coworkers. There isn't really a reason for them to like become close except that they have these yeah. things in common and they respect each other and etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah and i think it's that both they, they have sort of the same drive in that they um you know they want to help people yeah. you know like that's another thing that about elementary that's really good is that sherlock obviously he's using his brain but you know he it's not for the puzzle it's to help yeah. people you yeah know? that is that is i think something that a lot of or maybe just BBC Sherlock <laughs> gets wrong is like, but a lot of them yeah, too, is yeah. that like, Oh, he loves the mystery of it. And it's like, this is a person. Yeah. 
like if he wanted just wanted the mystery of it he could do so many things yeah. you know it's like the fact that he chooses to like help people that oftentimes can't be helped by other means right. i just think it's really cool. yeah yeah for sure like he's never like oh I, I never got to figure out this puzzle it's like oh these people never got closure on who killed their loved one or whatever yeah literally even in the first episode i think it like it, it's the epitome of the whole show where he's like sometimes i hate it when i'm right yeah. you know when the, he opens the door for the first time right the safe room door. yes yeah exactly Ugh, good show yeah my favorite <laughs> <laughs> hey it's my it's my favorite too <laughs> what a surprise ah <laughs> oh, so good so LMNOP, the podcast, has a, a Twitter and a Discord. So if you want to tweet at us, you can tweet at LMNOPcast. And if you want to join the Discord, there's a, a di- the Discord. The Discord. There is a link in the description of all of our episodes. And I asked the Discord this week, today, for some questions, for some questions about peer review or science or Bell being back on the force or slant rhymes. Some good questions today, yes. I think. So first up, we have um, Joe Bulldozer at The Tallest Jew uh, on Twitter, who says, more like cancer culture, am I right? I hope I am not right. Cancer is terrible. Uh, no, you are not right. Well, I mean, they do kind of try. He does kind of try to cancel himself or his company, at least. He, on, yeah, this is kind of like this is what this has in common with cancel culture is um that picture of the kid like crying because he's got a boot on his head and then it zooms out and the kid (laughs) has got the boot on his own arm yeah this is that (laughs) he's like oh no i'm being framed for my wife's my ex-wife's murder that i yeah it's the perfect uh yeah (laughs) the next question okay if you had the ability to peer review something in your life a friend's new relationship your credit score what would it be Slash, what thing about your life would be most likely to pass, fail, a peer review? Um, I think the thing about my life that would be most likely to pass, no, to fail a peer review would be my skincare and nighttime routine. Because my skincare (laughs) routine is that I shower and I use the soap that I got for Christmas from a co-worker a couple years ago and then <laughs> I brush my teeth and I go to bed. That's my skincare Classic. nighttime routine. It's fantastic. I love sleeping. <laughs> I just feel like all those you know people that wear like SPF every day and like put moisturizer on and eye cream and whatever would just be like, "You what? Hot water?" <laughs> oh god. For sure. I think the thing that I would most like my life to be peer-reviewed is, I think, um, our house decor. Mm -hmm. Like, I would love to know what other people think about that because I think we have pretty good taste, you know? But I don't want to, like, post pictures of my house on the internet to have people comment on it, you know? Because, like, I live there. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's my home. Yeah, like, what do you think of the the number on the front of my house? (laughs) Yeah, literally. (laughs) (laughs) If I could peer-review someone else's life... Hmm. I don't know. I feel like I've probably met a couple people where I've been like, your haircut is a choice. Yeah. Like you can't peer review them because in real life, other people's hair doesn't affect you. But if if they were open. Yeah. And a lot of the times, I think speaking of hair specifically, because I've been thinking about getting my hair cut short 
you know, mm. a lot of the times your hair is just for convenience, mm-hmm. you know, because it is such a pain, especially if you have long hair to like look after yes, it. Yes, absolutely. Because it's so much washing and yeah. And then if you like, I haven't, you know, I used to not to let my hair air dry all the time, but now every time I'm too scared of doing that because I'm like worried about getting a cold and then, oh. <laughs> you know, having anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So. I When I cut my hair a couple years ago, People were like asking me why I did it. And I, I was like, oh, I wanted to change or oh, I blah, 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 something, something. But in hindsight, I realized it's because I do these murder mystery shows and I have to wear wigs for them. <laughs> and I kept right. every time like putting my long hair up in a wig and just being like, ah, oh, I wish I could just shave all my head up, my hair off. And then like didn't even make the conscious connection of like, oh, I should shave my head because of that. Yeah, it was just like, this is a choice I'm going to make. And I was like, oh, turns out it's really convenient, so. Yeah, I think it's a great reason. Okay, next question from Heckabee, who asks, does Sherlock ever dabble in poetry? And if not, do you think he'd be good at it? No and no. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I'm completely the opposite. I don't think he has on the show, but I think he definitely has tried. (laughs) I think in one of his letters to Irene, he was like, oh, I guess, yeah, I think he definitely tried to come up with something like super poetic. Or do you think he would just use other people's words? I could see that as well. I think, I mean, like, I I could see him, like, analyzing a poem and, you know, relating it to something, blah, 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 you know, this verse reminds me of you or something. Oh, true, yeah. I just, I mean, maybe it's like my own personal thing of like, I wouldn't know where to start with writing a poem. Right. And, like, what, what would Sherlock have to, like, get out, like, express out of himself that he isn't expressing? That's true. That's he could, true. I mean, maybe he'd write, like, a really, one of those really, like, corny, annoying poems about how, like, cell phones are destroying the world. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Because, like, every time he has to interact with Twitter, he's like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, Twitter is definitely one of the the social media sites i don't even know what to say about twitter to be honest like i go on there every now and then but then it's like retweet five depressing things or off twitter (laughs) yeah i've ended up with the opposite experience because i spend all my time on twitter which is still depressing like there's some funny stuff on there but god at what price and then i go on tumblr and i reblog like five funny or weird or cute things that i like to see and then i close out of tumblr again for another like yeah yeah that's fair i feel like tumblr especially now i like you know you go on you see nine posts and then you kind of go off because you just see the same post repeated over and over again Mm -hmm. i used to have a lot more patience for like really long analytical tumblr posts i do not i do not have that anymore if i see a lot of text i'm scrolling so sorry. <laughs> if you're on your laptop, if you press J, it just skips past the mm-hmm. post. I'm very rarely on my laptop. I'm I'm actually on my laptop so infrequently that the browser on my laptop, if I put the letter T in my browser, it doesn't go to Twitter or Tumblr. It goes to time.is. Because <laughs> that's the thing you use it for the most. Yeah, it's nice. podcasting. I would, I would love to read Sherlock's poetry. Maybe he would make write poems about his bees, you know? Yeah. Or it would be like one of those people who does the poems, you know, where it's like you write just the word in like the shape of a bee, you know, you like 
B, 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 B. <laughs> and it like the way you format it makes it look like a, a B. Yes. Oh, man. I like that. I like thinking about that. I like thinking about Sherlock putting a lot of effort into something kind of s- silly. Yeah. I think, yeah, if he did write poetry or come up with poetry, he would spend a lot of time on it. And I think it would only be mediocre. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Joan would really like it because she would be like, it It sounds like you wrote it. But like, yeah. he would post it online and people would be like, what is this? <laughs> Ratio. <laughs> That'd be so funny. Maybe that should be um, an anonymous task that he has to do. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Yeah, that would destroy him. Yeah. <laughs> and the last question from Elizabeth Leafcrunch. What if the hound of the cancer cells was like Osmosis Jones's dog? And (laughs) thank you so much, Elizabeth. I don't like, I mean, this is kind of like the helium voice saying something terrible again, because you would want to see the cute fun dog, but then also if the dog is made of cancer. Yeah. (laughs) Or or do you think it was like if, because it was like a little breathe in thing, right? So you breathe it in and then the little dog comes out of the hound, goes into your body, like gathers it all up, like herds oh. <laughs> all of the cancer things, and then brings it back into the and it was like, yes, you do have cancer. Like it's a like it's a hunting dog. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm back to liking it again. <laughs> more machines, more medical equipment should be a little dog that runs around in your body. <laughs> comes back out. Yes. <laughs> a little video camera attached to its head, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And a little barrel of whiskey. Um, All right. So those are our questions. Thank you to everyone that sent in questions. LMNOP is hosted on noisepace.xyz, the home of a lot of podcasts. Have you ever listened to any of the other podcasts on Mm noisepace.xyz? Me? No, I actually listened to you on Spotify. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's how I find you. Did you like search in Spotify for like... Elementary elementary? stuff, yeah. I did. (laughs) Did you have to scroll a lot? Whenever I try to find elementary stuff, it's always like... How to teach the ABCs. And I'm like, no. I think I ended up using like Sherlock Elementary to search. And Mm. then I think you guys were like the first result because. Hell uh, yeah. Yeah. It was the kind of thing that I was looking for. We actually like talked about the show. Mm -hmm. There were definitely some, you know, results where it was like, you know, uh, easy stuff. Oh, you know, speaking of, (laughs) this is totally random. You want to end the episode first before I tell you? (laughs) No. Okay, so I mean, unless you don't want it on the air, but no, it's fine. My mom was looking for um, different podcasts to listen to, so one of the things she found was um, Bumblebee versus Poison Ivy, who would win, and she thought it was about actual Bumblebees (laughs) and Poison Ivy. So she was sending me the list of podcast episodes she wanted to listen to, and I was like, "They all sound great, but you know, this one's about characters, right? Not about the plots." And she was like, "Oh, well, I don't care about that. I want to know about Bumblebees." Oh my god! She's like, sure the insect would win (laughs) yeah right i thought that was really hilarious (laughs) oh my god that is great well noise space has a lot of other podcasts this is the only one about elementary but there are uh ones about kyle xy there's a podcast called kyle xy there's also um county girls make do which is about the oc and there's nightmarinera which is about creepy pasta and all kinds of stuff and all of them have good names yeah (laughs) 
I feel like coming up with a podcast name is like the hardest part. So people are really yes. killing it. Thank you to Noise Space. Thank you to Matt GameCube for hosting Noise Space. Thank you also to the Geists, Summer Geist at Stellar Ghost and Noah Geist at Owl Dude. Um, on Twitter, they made our pod art and pod song, respectively. Now, speaking of Twitter, I'm on Twitter at Flight Cub B. Um, second, the second B stands for Brownstone. And uh, I'm on Tumblr as well. If you want to see my random, my five random posts every two weeks at Flight Cub. And also, if you want to say, you know, hi to me or Eris, you can go to LMNOP Discord, like I mentioned before. And with that, we have reached the end of the episode. Eris, I want to say thank you so much for, for being on the podcast. It was lovely to have you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It was really fun. I always love talking about elementary, so <laughs> great way to spend a morning. <laughs> Is it morning for you right now? Well, I mean, it's afternoon now, but we started wow. at 11. Time zones. Wild. Yeah, crazy. On, on Thursday, I have to go to too, bed in like so. an hour. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's Thursday for you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, anyway, thank you all to the listeners as well. This marble will keep on rolling. You have to say it also. Uh, do I? This marble will keep on rolling? I mean, rolling. you don't have to, but I like it. <laughs> this marble will keep on rolling. She's watching the detectives. 